Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth and Liberty live call-in show. I'm Richard Harris, and I hope you're having a really great Labor Day today. We've got a wonderful program for you. It's actually a rebroadcast of a, of a special time that Andrew Womack had with former Arkansas State Senator Jason Rapert. Uh, Senator Rapert is a strategic partner of Truth and Liberties. Uh, he has formed an organization called the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. And they bring uh, state legislators together from all over the country to address the issues of our time, and they're doing a great work. And in this powerful interview between Andrew and Senator Rapert, they talk about all kinds of important topics, including uh, leftist persecution of conservatives and the cancel culture. So this is a program that you won't want to miss. Uh, so sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, and uh, there won't be any live questions tonight, but this is still going to be a great program that I think you're going to find educational and inspirational. Thanks for watching. We'll see you soon. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our interactive daily broadcast where trusted leaders bring insights and analysis to the issues from a biblical perspective. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get biblical answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Andrew Womack. Hello and welcome to our Truth and Liberty live call-in show. I'm Andrew Womack and I'm glad that you're with me. And today I'm going to give a better introduction here in just a minute, but I've got Senator Jason Rapert with us. He was a state senator in uh, Arkansas until just December of this last year. And I'm really privileged to be on an advisory board with him for National Association of Christian Lawmakers. And they're doing some great things. We'll talk about that more. But let me just first of all say that this is an hour and a half program, our first 30-minute segment. I'm going to be talking to the senator, and we're going to be discussing like uh, Donald Trump's indictment, whether the law is being administered equally to people or if it's been weaponized by the present administration. And I, Jason, having been a senator for, I, I don't know, I'll let him tell you, but I'm sure it was a decade or somewhere around there, uh, he's been involved in this, and I'm sure he's seen all kinds of things, and he will have a perspective that I think will really help us. But we're going to be discussing things like that for around 30 minutes. Then we'll take a 90-second break. We come back and take your calls for the next hour. And so you can call in to 719-619-2341. It's going to be about 27, 28 minutes before we start taking those calls. But if you want to get in queue, that's 719-619-2341. And we will take your call. You will actually get put on the air, and we can talk to you and interact with you. And I believe it will be a great, great program. You know, let me say also very quickly that I just got back from England. I was over there for about a week, and then I was in France and held a meeting at our new offices in Nice, in nice France. And we also have our uh, Bible school is uh, in their first year over there. We just opened that up, and we already have 75 uh, students. We enrolled another 75 while I was there last week. And then I went through Italy and uh, Switzerland. So, man, I'm dealing with jet lag. I got up this morning and could barely talk. That's the first thing that goes with me is for some reason my voice just wears out. And so I'm a little bit lower than I normally am, but I feel good other than just being sleepy. 
So anyway, it's been great and God's doing good, good things. And so uh, thank you for joining us today. So Senator Ray, uh, Rayford, he, the first time I met you, Jason, was uh, I think it was 2014, but you showed up at one of our meetings here in Woodland Park. And I don't know if it was you or somebody else told me that you were a senator and I asked you to come up and share. And I tell you, it was awesome. Man, you were speaking. You are an ordained minister. Is that correct? That's right, uh, Brother Andrew. And I, I remember, I, I can't even recall exactly what brought me out there, but we just happened to be there. And uh, I've got a cousin that's a pastor, Lenny Fincher, out in Missouri, and he has been a, uh, a friend of your ministry, and you've poured into their ministry. And he, he goes, I think, every year to your gospel ministry meeting. And uh, yes, I came out there, and it was our first time to get to greet each other. And as I recall... Um, you had me share about the Washington cruiser flag, which has become such a great symbol of the American founders spirit that has been shown. And uh, I appreciated you for, for having me say a few words at that time. And then uh, I also want to say before we get ahead of ourselves, thank you for joining as one of our national advisory board members. You are part of forming the first National Association of Christian Lawmakers, they say, that has been formed officially in the country, according to uh, our friend Tim Barton. So yeah. thank you and for all that you've done. So tell the people why that's important. Why is it important to get Christian lawmakers meeting together? What do you do? Well, Brother Andrew, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And I've asked people all the time, how in the world do you expect to have a godly nation when you're not electing godly people to serve in the positions of authority. Good question. So, as I served, as you said, I was elected in 2010. I was the first Republican in my district since the Civil War in Arkansas. Wow. We had been a one-party state for 138 years, and I was part of that group that transitioned us to be a Republican state. And so we fought hard to make that happen. And so. As I began to get educated and find out more about the legislative process, I began asking the question to friends like Governor Mike Huckabee and Congressman Bob McEwen, which I know you've had on your programming. I said, why do we not have an association of Christian lawmakers? And the look would always be the same. It would be like, wait a minute, I don't know why that we don't. And as you know, Brother Andrew, you know, I participate and love all of the ministries that invite uh, elected officials to be a part of a prayer service or the National Day of Prayer. But what was happening is there was no coordination of effort after those events. You would have prayer for them, you would have education that would occur, but there was not the coordination that I was seeing in what is called para-legislative organizations. There are two that are 50 years old each. There's called NCSL and ALEC, but they're all secular. There was nothing where the Christian could come together, talk about the major issues, and do it from a biblical worldview. So in talking with our friends around the nation, they said, Jason, you need to do that. So I prayed into it. I began to make uh, calls and outreach to people like yourself and others and lawmakers and we officially chartered the organization. We formed it in 2019. Uh, Tony Perkins of Family Research Council had me on his programming, and he said, this is an organization whose time has come. And so in August of 2020, 
uh, for the first time in the history of the country, we launched the charter meeting. You were there yeah. uh, right in the middle of COVID. And we launched and we had 23 different lawmakers that came and stood as individual state chairs. And at this point, we now have 33 states where we've got a state senator or a state representative that chairs in the state. And we now have members in all 50 states and just had our fifth national conference. And the organization sits down, comes together, just like a legislative body, local people, state elected officials and federal, and we discuss these major issues. And then we make proposals from a biblical worldview. It is truly the first, apparently, that it's happened that way in the country. And what's interesting, Brother Andrew, is that we're not recreating the wheel here of any other organization, which I think is great. We don't need any, any of some of the other organizations. They're already doing what God's called them to do. But what we are doing is we are taking, we basically planted a stake in the policymaking arena where you have individuals sitting down and passing national models. And some of that we just passed, Brother Andrew, included the Unborn Child Protection Act. Mm -hmm. The Dobbs decision happened last year. Roe has been overturned. So in states like mine, where I carried the Arkansas abortion trigger bill in 19, when the Dobbs decision overturned Roe, immediately Arkansas banned all abortion, except Praise the saving of a mother in a medical emergency. That's so the awesome. organization just adopted that. And one other on a very hot topic is that we see these libraries across the country and they're finding pornographic books in our school libraries and also on public library shelves. And people are being told they really don't have the ability to get them off of those shelves. So what happened is one of our members named Senator Dan Sullivan in the state of Arkansas, by the way, he passed a bill that empowers local elected officials to have a, a right to oversee and have a right of appeal to them. And so the library boards cannot ignore the plea of the local citizens to take those uh, books off the library shelves. So we've empowered them to be able to do that. And we have 15 models that people can go out. We're posting them at ChristianLawmakers.com, and they can pull off that information and go run that back in their school districts. And the, and the last examples, because it's important, is that we believe that God made males and females. And one of our members was a medical doctor on a school board. And he said, I am tired of this fight over children using a bathroom. He said, we're passing an ordinance that says a child will use a bathroom based upon the sex that was assigned when they were born by God and placed on that birth certificate when they were born. He came and presented that last year as a national model. We passed it and Representative Mary Bentley just passed that for her entire state. So every single school district now, those kids are going to use a bathroom based upon their sex at birth. And so, That's Brother awesome. Andrew, I could go on and on. I want to take a breath for you because <laughs> uh, there, but I will tell you that what's interesting is those national models, when they're vetted and passed by a sitting paralegislative body, they become very powerful. And so this is why that it's important for people like yourself and others to engage with these lawmakers because they're putting out policy that will show up being filed in jurisdictions all across the country. So in just three years, you've already put out some model legislation that have been put into practice and is making a difference. That is really a quick turnaround. 
It is. And in addition to that, one thing that I'm very proud of the body that did, they passed two resolutions this time. One was a resolution honoring Israel. We have seven working committees. One is the America Israel subcommittee. We're honoring them for their 75th anniversary. But the other one is that since we're in June and the devil's folks are out there saying it's Pride Month, and you know they're just holding up Sodom and Gomorrah as a goal to be yeah. achieved rather than a sin to be shunned, we yeah. thought it was important to speak. And so the organization passed a resolution that states we stand for marriage between one man and one woman and that Obergefell should be overturned. Amen. And you've heard me say it before, Brother Andrew, abortion and homosexual agenda in our country are two very strong, false gods that have to be changed for America to get back to the place we should be. Amen. I also want to thank you, Jason. You've already made 11 30-minute programs today, so this is adding another hour and a half to it. I was your guest on one of those programs, but you've had quite a day, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Let me ask you, because yesterday President Trump was indicted. They're saying that uh, worst-case scenario, they could put him behind bars, uh, possibly for the rest of his life. Uh, Please give us your perspective on this. You've been a part of politics for a long time. Do you see any credibility to these charges against him, or has Biden weaponized the justice system? Uh, Brother Andrew, I think we're in a very dangerous time. Um, There's another gentleman, his name is Richard Vigory. He's been in part of the conservative movement for many years. He sent a letter out the other day, you may have even received it. And he said, we're in a spiritual civil war in the yeah, country. I, I agree. I've said that exact same thing. Yeah. And it's it's tough. You know, you, you, you're warned about this. I use the language to warn people. But we need to realize that it really has become a spiritual civil war. Uh, I know that you've traveled internationally. I have led eight teams into Ghana, West Africa. And when you study the African continent, uh, that you you think of the term banana republics in some of the places around the world. We've seen that term. What we see happening in America today, this is the same methods that are used in communist China, that have been used in communist Russia. It's very dangerous. And what happens is that you see this constant uh, targeting of political opponents, and they want to put them in jail. They want to take them out. And so what I see is that absolutely they have weaponized the levers of power in this government, even when it's been proven that some of the hoaxes that they accuse them of in previous, that that was absolutely wrong, it was false, you now see them still trying to use the mechanism of the Department of Justice to attack Donald John Trump. I will say this to you, If he wasn't running for president, all of this would go away. They are simply attacking him because he has the willingness to say, I am not going to let the deep state ruin this nation. And he has said that, he said it in his first term. Now look, lest people people get the wrong idea, I'm not gonna defend everything any one person has ever said or done, okay? But it's I hard to defend everything that President Trump says. That, <laughs> he, exactly. he says a lot of things that I wished he wouldn't say, but man, I support his actions. 
I do. And so it's dangerous. And I'm going to link this with the lo- with people locally here. Donald John Trump is not the only person in the conservative movement that has felt the heat of the Department of Justice because they're standing up for what they believe in. We have uh, evidence that's been given to me and spoken to me, okay? Anecdotal evidence, I'll use that, that term. These are stories from people where they have felt pressure and sometimes targeting from what you might call the deep state side in our country when they've gotten too vocal, especially about the things that I believe stand for the word of God. People that have pushed back against the LGBTQ agenda. The other day when President Trump had the the LGBTQ flag draped out in a prominent position where it should not have been, giving it superiority. You said President Trump. That was President Biden. I'm sorry, President Biden. Yes, okay. Just want to make sure. Programs today. (laughs) President Biden. It's hard for me to say President Biden, Andrew, because I understand. I don't believe. So thank you for clearing that up. When they did that, that is taking the the power of the U.S. government and pushing forth an ideology that is very divisive, very, very disruptive, and it's ungodly. And I believe absolutely that what they're doing to Trump, why aren't they prosecuting Hillary Clinton for all of the data that she had on her servers? Why did they not prosecute some of the others? They've even shown that Joe Biden had some of these. Donald Trump had no idea that he had documents that was gonna be problematic. He, He simply had documents that they thought were available to them through their administration. Look, he was president of the United States. And, and even the Secret Service is with him. And you, if you go back a few weeks, you'll note they were working with the Department of Justice on how to handle all of this. I have, unless, unless there's something more we don't know, Brother Andrew, I feel that they saw that as an opportunity to whip that up into something that they could accuse Donald Trump and try to prosecute him. And furthermore, when I look at January the 6th, I absolutely don't approve of people that are destroying property, no matter whether they're conservatives or they're leftists. But Brother Andrew, I know, for instance, Dr. Simone Gold, a Jewish emergency physician, you may know of her. Dr. Simone Gold was one of the voices that said they're lying to us about COVID. She became famous for her opposition. Do you know that Dr. Simone Gold, a Jewish lady, there was an emergency room doctor, was there on January the 6th, they put that woman in prison for simply standing there and being there. They are putting Marine veterans, they're putting military people, they were just simply there. And you know, look, if you were breaking windows, if you were doing anything that was breaking the law that day, you gotta be accountable for that, okay? I would never approve of it. But putting these people in prison for years, and holding them sometimes three years, we have reached a point that's very dangerous in this country. We know they're weaponizing the federal government against these people, pro-life people, Brother Andrew, that were singing hymns on sidewalks, singing hymns, not going and busting in a door, not harassing anybody, but singing hymns. They sent the FBI to their homes and pulled them out of their homes and arrested these people. 
I believe that we have reached a point in time where we've got to have the good godly people of this nation to stand up and say, you're going to put this in order because I think that they are absolutely over the line and it's now reaching the point where it's dangerous. You know, I believe that Trump was a great president. I'm not critical of him, but I do believe he made a mistake because when he was running for office the first time, he promised he would put Hillary in prison for what she did. And yet when he was elected, he just let it go like, well, now I'm in. And I heard him say when he was indicted yesterday, I read one of his statements that they've now taken the gloves off and when he gets reelected, he's going after every one of them. And I think yep. he should have done that the very first time. And he, he left a boil that was festering and, and uh, he should have lanced it and dealt with it the very first time. You know, it's, I'm trying to think of the right analogy in response to that, but you know, you, you never, if you're in a gunfight, so to speak, uh, you never pull that gun and not be prepared to use it. And yeah. so he made that statement, a very strong statement in what's happening is some of those people that very well could be in the net that is thrown, they're going to try to make sure that he never has that opportunity right. again. And, and I think that people should be praying in the Holy Ghost and invoking the Holy Spirit in this country because the Holy Spirit, it says in the Word, that reveals all truth. And if there's ever been a time in this nation that we need truth to be revealed from the top to the bottom, it's right now. And as that truth is revealed, Brother Andrew, uh, it will be liberating to the people of this country. And we need to pray because I am concerned. Look, all around, you know, I'm doing this program from our ministry offices in Arkansas right now at Holy Ghost Ministries. Arkansas's got a history. There's been a lot of people die around Bill and Hillary Clinton's yeah. uh, network over the years. And a lot of times it was under unusual circumstances. Yeah. We're dealing with people across this country that, that go across the line to take the law into their own hands. And so we need to pray for the safety of President Trump Pray for the safety of everybody involved. And I absolutely believe there needs to be a house cleaning in this nation. And the best antidote to what we have is for every single pastor in this nation. Stop being silent in the Amen. face of Amen. evil. Encourage your people to run for office. Encourage people to vote. Brother Andrew, I'm willing to go anywhere in this country and show them how to have a side meeting. Take a side meeting in your church, get out that ballot, and everybody talk about who's running for office and talk about whether what they what they believe lines up with the Word of God. See, the Democrats are harvesting ballots, yeah. right? They're going in and pulling these ballots. The church needs to stand up and take right ground just like we should have been doing a long time ago. Absolutely. And if you're sitting by watching it all burn down and throwing no water on it, shame on you. Yeah, I agree. I really appreciate folks like yourself. And you know, I, I really believe that it's been discouraging in a way to see what's happened since Trump's first election and the division in the body and, and in the nation. But on another hand, it's good because I believe that this stuff's been going on a very, very long time and it's just now exposed. But really, uh, things are becoming more out in the open. It's not that this hasn't been happening. It's just now out in the open. And in a way, it's like you're fighting your enemy. He's been hiding and shooting at you. You didn't know where it is. Now you can see him. And if we would just stand up and fight back, I believe we can win this battle.
I absolutely believe we can. I had a reporter ask me last year after the Dobbs decision, said, did you really believe that the Supreme Court would overturn Roe v. Wade? I said, absolutely. Amen. Because the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I absolutely believed in that. It was no surprise to me. That's why all those trigger bills that went into action and shut down abortion, they thought it would never happen. And the same thing in this country, I believe we can. Do you think that our founding fathers, when those 13 colonies thought they could actually survive an, uh, an assault from the British Empire? They did not at first, but they took the stand because it was the right yeah. stand. And they gave us this constitutional republic. Now, Brother Andrew, we are in danger though. This is not the same country of the 1940s and 50s no, and 60s. We've entered a time where they've weaponized the federal government. We've entered a time where they shut down churches and tried to shut you down, but you wouldn't let them, praise God, while they kept bars open, they kept strip joints open. Yeah. We now have where they're genitally mutilating children, and I will, on my program, I just flat say it, I won't get too graphic on your program, mm. but they're cutting off genitalia from little boys and little girls. And they say this is okay. They're pushing pornography through the school shelves, the library shelves, that would get other people put in prison, Brother Andrew. Yeah. And, and I, I, agree. I, I think people have got to understand we've reached a level of debauchery that is biblical in proportion. And I will just say, when I look at the Bible, we had child sacrifice, you see clearly in Scripture. But you did not see where there was a kingdom or a nation that codified men marrying men by law. We did that. We've killed over 60 million in our own country. Yeah. And you have, and again, I'm trying not to be too graphic, but see, I'm so tired of people sugarcoating things, Brother Andrew. Yeah. But I when agree. you've got people hosting public meetings with men dressed as women, inviting a little minor child to come touch their genitalia. This is over the line. Demonic. And I'm crying out to people watching this program, you've got to stand up. Because if you let this continue, once they've consumed one segment of our society, they will consume you. We're in danger of our yep. freedom. Did you know I was just reading last week some statements by Thomas Jefferson. And of course, our founding fathers were very concerned that the freedom would eventually turn into anarchy again and stuff. So they put in a lot of checks and balances. And Thomas Jefferson was saying that the great check and balance to this whole thing is the freedom of press. And he said people would, would not allow the government to go too far without calling it into check. But today, we don't have a free press. They are now censoring and deciding what we can and can't see, such as President Trump's speech. I think last night, CNN, a bunch of places wouldn't carry it. So we've even lost the press, and uh, we are in a dangerous situation. You know, I, I shared with you, uh, you know, we've been talking throughout the day different times. I shared with you that postcard that yeah, we got. That was that, amazing. That was bragging that they being evil, it was written as you know, from someone pretending to be, or who knows, maybe was possessed by Satan himself. Yeah. But they wrote in first person and said, we have our people in government, in business, in education, and the media, 
and actually quoted George Soros, chief yeah. among them. Yeah. You know, George Soros just announced that he's turned over the reins of his empire to his 37-year-old son. And his son said, he, I am more political than my father. And he wow. promises to put more money into the abortion movement and the transgender LGBTQ movement. Friends, we are in a spiritual civil war. And I'm doing everything I can in praying that if you stand up and utilize the reins of political power, you can stop this and turn the country around. Amen. But if you don't, you're going to see them continue to come after people of faith in this nation. And it's not going to be pretty. We need Amen. to take a stand while we can. Well, there's so much more I'd love to talk to you about. We're going to take a little break here and go to answering some phone calls. But if you would like to call in, we have uh, only one person on the line right now. They've been listening to Jason and me talk. The number is 719-619-2341. So we've got four open lines and you can call. We'll put you on the air. It's not limited to talking about what Jason and I have been talking about. You can ask any question that you want. And Jason is an ordained minister, so we can talk about the Bible, we can talk about politics or whatever. <clears throat> Boy, there's so much more I'd like to ask you, Jason, because of your experience. But I had somebody tell me that if we really press this issue and try and overturn this, uh, all of the wokeness that's happening and everything like this, that there could be a civil war. And you know, many people evaluate what they should do by what they consider the consequences are going to be. But as you mentioned, our founding fathers, they had no guarantee that we were going to win the Revolutionary War, but they did what was right and pledged their sacred honor, their fortunes, regardless of the outcome. And I think that we've just got to stand up and even if we don't win, even if it does turn into a civil war, we've got to stand and fight or as Reagan said, we'll be telling our children what America used to be like. So anyway, that's really good. Let's take a little break here. We're going to come back in just a few minutes and take your calls with Senator Jason Rapert. The moment you believe your healing is done and it's just a matter of time until whatever the symptoms are, are gone. You observe what Jesus did and try in your mind and say, I'm making a judgment that Jesus paid the price for me. We focus on what the doctors can do for us more than what God can do for us. Say, God is my healer, not the doctor. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. All right, we're back to Truth and Liberty Live call-in show, and we've got uh, Mary and Richard on the phone. I'm gonna, right before I go to you, let me just ask you, Jason, during the break, I was talking about a mutual friend who helped a 
person get elected to the U.S. House of Representatives, they were conservative, and this pastor put uh, his weight behind it. But then he started voting liberal, and he said, uh, he t when he was asked by my pastor friend, he why he did that, he says, you don't know the pressure. And he implied that his physical life or maybe his political life was on the line and he was forced to vote against what he wanted. Now, you've been in office for over a decade. Yes. Can you give us any um, explanation? What kind of pressure do they put on you? I mean, you mentioned the Clintons and I've heard that there was 45 people who worked for the Clintons that met with an untimely death. Yeah. Well, uh, absolutely. And, you know, you're dealing with people uh, a generation or two here where they almost live in Hollywood. And so when you think about the things that we've seen, all of that actually, in, in many cases, has now become reality. And so here's what I will say to that. Uh, I will tell you, and I tell this to people that we help as they prepare to run for office whether it's locally, state, or federally, I ask them this question. Is there anything that you are aware of that would be difficult for you to discuss or embarrassing to you if it were to come out into the public? And I tell them, I say, you may think that it's buried. You may think that it's over. But if there is anything, you need to just deal with that in yourself about how you would deal with it. These people are out to destroy the reputations of anyone that does not play ball with them in the left in this country. And I will tell you, my brother Andrew, they went through my life. I, I did serve for 12 years. I was elected four times to the Arkansas Senate. And when I passed the heartbeat bill in 2013, that's when I found out what they're capable of. They never cared about this little Arkansas state senator until we passed the first heartbeat bill in the nation. Then they came after me, and their method is when they can't beat you on the message, they will kill the messenger, obviously metaphorically, yeah. Yeah. but sometimes we see that probably some people are violently hurt. I had death threats against my family. They threatened to rape my children, my daughters, rape my wife, burn my house, everything. Some of them were credible threats. I had a man from Washington State went to jail because he came to this state trying to interrupt my election, filed a false police report, made all kinds of accusations. And here's what I say to every one of these elected officials that are listening to me today. When they've accused you of everything and they've called you every name in the book, it's very liberating because then you don't have to worry about what they might do anymore. And that's when God really freed me and my wife. And my beautiful wife has been right through it with us. And at the NACL, we take time to have meetings for the spouses, Brother Andrew, because that's so important that we pour into them. And so what will happen is that if you've got something you want to be hidden, they will find it and they use it against these people. And that's where some of these people falter. And I'm just going to say before we get into the questions that we just had Congressman Bob Good of the 5th District of Virginia speak at Liberty University at our conference. And what a wonderful, refreshing voice, Brother Andrew. The man God just poured out of him. And he's one of those that stood up against uh, Kevin McCarthy the other day on the national debt issue. They are putting tremendous pressure on those people, threatening to strip them of their committees, threatening to take away their ability to represent their people just because they're not playing ball with the inside team. Wow.
And let me tell you something. There is a difference, American. Listen to me closely. I am I utilize the party that gives the voice to the conservative Christian, but there is a difference between people just say they're Republican and being a conservative Christian. We need Christians to serve in office, just like the first Supreme Court Justice said, John Jay. Amen. Well, that's awesome. Well, I've, I've got a lot more questions for you, but Mary has been waiting a very long time. So Mary is from North Carolina, and Mary, you're now on Truth and Liberty with Jason Rapert and Andrew Womack. Well, thank you for taking my call. Um, first, yes, I'd like to thank you for passing that heartbeat bill. Thrilled. And y'all were talking about a, a civil war. Um, when I read in Zechariah and it speaks of skin melting off your body before it hits the ground, it, it makes me think of a nuclear bomb. Now, do you think that there there could be damage to the earth to the point per, perhaps hit, hitting the mantle maybe um, and we would have to have a new earth. It, it talks in, in Revelations about a new heaven and a new earth. You think there's a possibility that we'd actually need a brand new earth? Well, Mary, I'm not an authority on Revelation. I've studied it quite a bit, but uh, I don't think it's going to be caused by a nuclear war, although I, I, that would be devastating, and I'm not saying that that's not important, but it's not going to be men that destroy this earth. Uh, it's God that is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And as great as this earth is, it has been corrupted. It is not as God made it to be. And uh, when he comes back, he's going to make everything perfect. And there won't be any more death, which right now this creation is in a cycle of death. Uh, things die and re, uh, you know, the next generation comes in. So anyway, there is going to be a complete change. And this doesn't rule out that we'll never have a nuclear war or a nuclear blast, but I don't think it's going to be the nuclear war that destroys the earth. It's God that's going to create a perfect heaven and a perfect earth. You got anything to add to that, Jason? Yes, I do. And, and, and I agree with your statement. You know, as I was thinking, there's a lot of things that Revelation predicts will play out. Uh, before the new heaven and the new earth. So my opinion on that is, is that just exactly, uh, I have, I completely agree that God is the, ins God inspired the Bible. And that word predicts several things that are gonna occur before we get to that new heaven and a new earth. But I do wanna say that we are at a dangerous time, Brother Andrew. Gordon Chain uh, spoke at our meeting, and we actually gave him an award called the American Patriot Award for Christian Honor and Courage. Gordon Chang is a is a Chinese person. Uh, his father was an immigrant from China. He is a U.S. citizen. He lived and worked in Hong Kong. He's become an international expert on communist uh, China, and he has been stating now for years that China is going to war with the United States. And we're going to be playing if people, you know, our program comes on Gospel Truth TV. Uh, we're going to be sharing a lot of footage from that meeting, directly from the meeting. And one of those sessions is Gordon Chang. I really encourage people to watch that, that program because Gordon talks about the evidence that he is hearing and seeing coming out of China. We now see what they're doing with Taiwan. And Brother Andrew, not only China, but uh, communist Russia, Putin, they have nuclear capability. And we're getting to a point where some of these dictators, 
some of these tyrants that have these, this tremendous power, they're at a point where they have nothing really left to lose in some cases. I think this is why that the body of Christ must exercise praying in the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, calling upon God and, and being intercessors on these situations because I absolutely believe that we have people in those positions that could pull the trigger, so to speak. And so to your question in North Carolina, uh, we know that the dangers are there about the use of nuclear weapons. Uh, but as far as the future is prophetically, I believe what Brother Andrew said, we have a lot of things to play out before we get to that point, but it does not lessen the danger for certain people in certain areas of the country. So Jason, you mentioned your program is on Gospel Truth TV. Do you know the time of day that that airs? It, I believe if I've got it right, it airs at 1.30 p.m. Mountain every day, if okay. I'm not mistaken, unless they've changed that timing. And that is daily, and uh, it does come on Gospel Truth TV. Of course, we, we live stream Brother Andrew on Jason Raper Save the Nation on Facebook, but one of the best places to see it is Gospel Truth TV because you get the best quality. And what is your uh, email address or website? Give that out so people can go directly there. You can reach out to us at ChristianLawmakers.com. That's where people come to follow what we're doing and also even become members and be a part of what we're doing. And our ministry, Brother Andrew, is pretty simple. It's HolyGhostMinistries.org. That's pretty easy to remember. But I encourage people to, to be able to watch over the next couple of weeks. We have a lot of footage that's going to be shared. But I want to say that Gordon Chang, um, Brother Andrew, I'd love for you to meet him. You will see his messaging, and he openly invokes prayer and calls on people to please pray for the future of the country as he is warning about the impending uh, danger of communist China. And, you know, they are, they are absolutely uh, becoming very aggressive. I believe they see President Biden as a weak person, and they see weakness in our federal government. I think it's a mistake for them to think that the United States is not capable of standing up strong and retaliating uh, and defending our country. That capability is there. I do have a problem with some of the people that have the authority right now and would rather see a stronger person, but they see all of this woke mentality as real weakness when they're yeah. having men dressing up as women and that sort of thing that shows as weakness on the world stage. Well, it is. So, Mary, I hope that answered your question. Is that okay? It did. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Let's go to Richard in Florida. You are on Truth and Liberty with Jason Rapert and Andrew Wallman. Yes, th thank you for answering the telephone. Here's my question, please. At what time do I use 1 John 1, 9? Well, first of all, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And uh, I've got a hour and a half's worth of teaching on that one verse because um, I believe, according to Hebrews chapter 9 and chapter 10, that when you get born again, not, God not only forgives your past sins, but he gives, forgives the sins you haven't committed yet 
which that's really problematic to a lot of people who have this theology that when you get born again, you're forgiven of past sins. And then every time you sin, you got to get that sin confessed and under the blood or you die and go to hell with an unconfessed sin. And there's a large portion of the body of Christ that believes that. And they quote 1 John 1, 9 as a justification for that. But I believe that your, your spirit is sanctified and perfected forever. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 10 and 14. But that's talking about that your, when your actions, when you give place to Satan through your actions, you literally yield yourself to him. Romans 6, uh, 16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself, servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So even though your spirit's born again and sealed and you aren't going to lose your salvation, you give Satan a direct inroad into your physical body and into your mental emotional part when you live in sin. And when that happens, how do you deal with it? You go to 1 John 1, 9, and it doesn't affect your eternal relationship with God because that was taken care of once and for all when you get born again, but it does affect your physical body and your emotional part. And so... That's a quick answer to something I spend an hour and a half on in one teaching. How about you, Jason? You got anything to add to that? Well, and, and they need to go look up your teaching because definitely I will just say this is that we, we almost insult the power of the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive us when we don't think that's enough to take care of all of our sins, past, present, and future. And so I absolutely believe that, that people make mistakes. I don't believe that when you stub your toe that you're suddenly unsaved. Uh, I believe that you need to live a life of righteousness and holiness sanctified by the Holy Ghost. But I also know that we need to understand the power of the sacrifice that God made for us. And I believe that the blood of Jesus Christ, just as the word says, washes us as white as snow. It says in the book of Psalms, if I'm not mistaken, Brother Andrew, that he forgives our sins as far as the east is from the west. That's right. Psalms and 103. He forgives, he forgives that totally. And, you know, I would say to people, you need to be confident in what God has, has done for you. And once you make that decision, Romans says, if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Amen. You shall be now, I do also know that in the book of life that, you know, it warns us that we don't want to live a life where we might have our names blotted out of the, the, the book of life, which it does make a reference to that. And so I feel like that when people, uh, and this is why I urge, and I know you teach, that I want everything God's got for me, Brother Andrew. Amen. So people ask me, they say, are you Baptist or you Pentecostal or what are you? I say, look, I want everything God's got in here. I believe all the 66 books of the Bible. And this is why I believe that the church would be more effective today, especially in our country, if we would embrace the gifts of the Spirit, which allow us to be a powerful church, like a Book of Acts church. Amen. That help, Richard? Sir, yes, sir. Thank you very much. God bless. You're welcome. Thank you for your call. So let's go to Steve. This is International from the Dominican Republic. You're on uh, with Jason and Andrew, Steve. How you doing? Well, I am blessed. How about you? <laughs> yes, that's what you always say. I'm blessed too. And, and I'm Amen. happy to talk to you again. Actually, we 
spoke about a month ago. I called in at exactly seven o'clock, and you had to get off the air. It was it was your fault? It was mine. But yeah. I identified myself identified myself as a liberal, and and then I told you that I am actually uh, pro life. And um, I remember that. And not, I said that that's, un, that's unusual to find a liberal that is pro-life. It's nearly across the board. Life and, and I'm not on board with all the LGBTQRST stuff personally. <laughs> well, thank you. God bless you. <laughs> but I do identify as a liberal uh, for other reasons. But my question today, um, since you guys are giving us a forum to ask, and I, I, this will um, dovetail into what I was discussing the last time. I listen to you every day. You have helped me tremendously. But I have a problem, okay? And, and I understand none of us are perfect. And my, this is my situation. And I suggested this the last time. I would really love it if – this is, I believe, what both of you guys who are speaking today – are in favor of. You are issue-driven. What is important is that Christians are not the last group where prejudice is accepted, that we can speak and that we have a voice and that we don't get shouted down or, as the gentleman who is accompanying you today as a speaker, are threatened or anything like that. Okay? That, that, is, that is necessary. And it's Maybe we need a word like anti-Semite or anti-Christian or something. When you say anti-Semite, everyone's ears go up. But there's no word for, for um, people that attack Christians. Well, you know, I think that sometimes we got, get off into race things and anti-homophobic and all, we do all this stuff. It's just sin is what the problem is. I got a good friend of mine, E.W. Jackson, that he says it, he's a black man, and he says it's not the skin, it's sin. And if you really knew the Lord, and if you truly followed what the Scripture says, there is no place in Scripture for prejudice. There's no place in Scripture for hating people. Now, there is place in Scripture for hating evil, the things that sometimes people do in resisting it. But um, I think that we, we get off trying to say anti-Semitic. That's just against what God is. God is not against the Jews. God is not against any people group. And so we just need to go back to saying we need to be Christians. We need to operate in love. We need to love our enemies and stuff like this. And I just don't like getting off and dealing with all these side issues. I just peel the layers back. It's a, it's a matter of immorality. It's not liberal versus conservative. It's godly versus ungodly is the way that I look at it. What, you, what would you say, Jason? Well, Brother Andrew, and I appreciate the question from the gentleman, and, and I'm sitting here thinking about this. And, you know, I, um, I am a strong friend to Israel, and I'm a strong friend to Jewish people. And uh, I'm, we're very happy and proud of that fact at the NACL. And so I'm, I'm going to give you a story, Brother Andrew. I was trying to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm used to just laying it out there, and you are too, but I want to make sure that I don't say anything that gets you in trouble for anything. But I want to give an example. Um, there is anti-Christian bigotry and hatred. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the anti-Semitism, we recognize that. And I'm going to give you something that's an interesting uh, bridge, so to speak. 
number one, just this week in the state of Arkansas, uh, there are pictures that have been posted. Somebody has uh, violated a church. They painted the cross upside down on the doors. They painted one of the vans. This is a missionary Baptist church, Brother Andrew. They, they defaced all over the church. They used the 666 symbols, all of this. This is in Sharp County, Arkansas, very small area. This is during June, during Pride Month, we have seen the LGBTQ activists deface churches in other places. They've even come into church services. They're doing this. And here's where I want to bridge this. And I've been careful, but people need to understand the heart of anti-Semitism and the heart of the anti-Christian bigotry is evil. It is satanic. It is demonic. Absolutely. And this is part of the spiritual civil war. And here's what I'm bridging. Uh, back in 2020, Brother uh, Andrew, I was hospitalized, as you know. I got sick during all of that and got pneumonia. And the Democrats found out that I was in the hospital. And I had my phone, but it's the only way I could communicate with my family. They were, you know, the hospital had me segregated, mm -hmm. isolated. They, people were dying in the hospital with me. And I was there in that hospital room, and when they found out this was early on in the pandemic time, uh, they began sending me messages, direct messages, began calling my voicemail and saying, it would be good for you to die to teach the Republicans a lesson. Brother Andrew, it was during that 24 hours there for season, they said they were gonna come and, and assault my wife and have their way with them while I was in the hospital they did all these demonic things. And here's something that happened. I've never shared this in this format, but I'm gonna share it because it bridges the anti-Semitic part of it. One of the most odd things that I've ever heard in my life, I had calls, multiple calls for people that left this message. And I'm using the medical term so that I don't cross the line too much. They said, Jason, they would say these awful things. They said, Jason, show us your foreskin. Brother Andrew, I've never heard anything like this in my life. Wow. Multiple. When I got out of the hospital, you know, I, I actually came down and we did that meeting very quickly yeah. after that. Yeah. I had a call from the former consul general of Israel who became a good friend of mine. And he called to check on me. And he was the first one that I talked with about this. And I said, Galad, I got to share something with you. It's not easy to say, but I've never had a message like this in my life. What is this? And I shared it with him immediately. He said, this is anti-Semitic, Jason. This is anti-Semitic. Well, Brother Andrew, I didn't know it then. My name is, is, is when you look up the derivation of Rapert, is Ashkenazic. I've had people talk about my family history I had a grandmother who uh, was a, was Louisa Christina Flugi. Her grandmother was Rosenbaum, et cetera. Well, it so happens that I've done one of these DNA tests like everybody is doing. And it so happens, Brother Andrew, that 1% shows up in my lineage as Jewish. And here's the spiritual part of what I'm saying to you. I did not know that connection at that level when this happened. And I could not understand why these people were mocking me and saying something that's definitely would be mocking to a Jewish person. But here's the spiritual component, Brother Andrew. 
those demonic voices knew my lineage and they were mocking me to to divulge that Jewish part of my heritage, which at the time I really didn't even know. But that is the only thing that makes sense that they would say that kind of thing to someone like myself. And what I would say, I told that story to connect it to the spiritual battle that we're in. These demonic voices are lashing out because they know that their time is short and they're nearing the point at which they're gonna spend that eternity in the lake of fire with Satan. And when that happens, it's over for them. And what we're dealing with in this country at the root of all of this uh, trouble, it is a demonic issue that has to be dealt with spiritually. And that's why we think that leaders that understand mind, body, spirit are preferential to leaders that do not acknowledge the spirit. Yeah. And so, Steve, let me say that uh, I'm thrilled that you are pro-life and that you are not pushing the homosexual agenda. That shows that you aren't just drinking the Kool-Aid. But as a whole, the Democratic platform is everything that the Bible is for. I mean, down the line, the Democrats are 100% against. And so I think it's wrong to just group people and to say that all Democrats are bad, all Republicans are good. Jason's already made the point that we've got a lot of people that call themselves Republican and they are rhinos and it's not good. So anyway, uh, it's, this is one of the things that the devil does is want to divide us into Democrat and Republican, into racial groups, into ethnic groups, uh, all of this kind of stuff. And man, every single person is an individual. I'm glad that you're showing some character in making your decisions instead of just following the, the lead of everybody else in the Democratic Party. So thanks, Steve, for your call. Appreciate you calling back. And we treated you nice, I think. No problems. <laughs> you did, thank Pre you. Yes, sir. All right, we've only got a minute and a half left. Uh, Trish, uh, let's go to Trish. We've only got a minute and a half. What's your question, Trish? Hi, Andrew. Hi, Pastor Hello. Andrew. Um, and hello, Senator. Thank you for your service to us. Uh, we just love you, Andrew. Real quick, I know we're uh, under the gun here for time. Um, in your in your daily show, I've heard you say a couple of times now um, that you believe that the devil has actually translated some of our translations of the Bible. Which ones are those, please? You know, I don't know that I would say that any one translation is of the devil, but I would say that many translations have errors in them. I believe that the King James, and of course, obviously, that's the one that I use, it is different. The only other Bible that was even translated like the King James is the NIV. They're the only two versions that they had multiple people go out and take one verse they translated it separately, came back together, and collaborated. All of the other translations are one person just interpreting it on their own, and there is room. There's things that are subjective, and you are open to many more mistakes when one person translates it. So I believe the King James and the NIV are the only two that even attempt to have a non-biased translation. But then the NIV, I use it. I'm not against it. I wouldn't tell people not to use it, but I can show you six uh, verses in the New Testament the NIV just took out. They didn't even put in the Bible. They just chose on their own to remove these verses. 
And so I don't trust the, the NIV as much as I trust the King James. Uh, so anyway, we're out of time. That's about all I've got to say about that. Let's take a break and we'll come back right on the other side and take some more calls. The number is 719-619-2341. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with Army and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. You were created with a purpose. Written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. All right, we're back now from our break. This is our last 30-minute segment. I've got Senator Jason Rapert on the uh, on the program with me today. He was a state senator in Arkansas for 12 years, and uh, we've had a great program. I've really gotten some good things out of it. Again, we've got some lines open if you'd like to call 719-619-2341. Trish, I, it shows that you're still on the line. Are you still there? Maybe I am she's still here, Andrew, oh, but... oh, good. So, answered my question. I didn't know if I was supposed to hang up, and then you guys were having an interesting conversation. So, all right, I'm, I'm all set, but thank you so much. We love you. All right, love you, Trish. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Iona, and you are an uh, Andrew Womack Ministries partner, also a Truth and Liberty partner. Let me just mention that we do ask people to help us with Truth and Liberty. We have, I think, seven employees. And uh, there is quite a bit of expense with these daily broadcasts. And what we do is ask people to go to our Truth and Liberty website. They'll put that on the air. And just for a $5 or more automatic withdrawal per month, uh, you can become a Truth and Liberty partner. So we've got Iona from Texas on. She's a partner with us. And it says that you're 92 years young, I think. What a blessing. Yes. Great. Uh, to see the the uh, strength of everyone that you've had on Truth and Liberty program, I've been watching it. I am so excited. I have grandchildren, great grandchildren, that I want to introduce it uh, uh, when they're willing to start listening to to this program. I've never in my life, all these years, I've been Christian. I've never seen such strength that is produced from this program. It is so exciting. Well, that is a blessing, Iona. I really appreciate you saying that. Let me ask you a question. You're 92 years old. Did you have, 
Have you, would you have ever believed that the things that you're witnessing in this nation would be happening right here in the United States? The only reason I believe that is because the Word of God is true from beginning to end. And so often when you read the Old Testament, the different things that happened, I thought that was just all done and gone away with. But we are reliving so many of the things yeah. that happened in Israel way back. And, and this is so exciting to me because, you know, I mean, I'm even thinking, which is better to stay here and face it or go home and be with the Lord? It is yeah. an exciting time to be alive. It really is, for both for those that have walked with the Lord. But to see it publicly, because I've been against abortion, I've been uh, everything that that you can say, uh, um, you know, and I know people in those, and I've traveled to Israel many times, ministered over there. So it's just an exciting time to live. And I'm so glad that you young people are, are taking the uh, <laughs> bull by the horn and really doing something for us. Boy, you got to be a 92-year-old lady to call me a young person. I just turned 74, but I sure appreciate it. It's all relative, isn't it? Yes, it certainly is. And you know. the, Lord has, the Lord has used me in psalming. And this is what he would say to you. Uh, this is a day you do not bow, though the fire rages high. Run to the battle and speak God's word. Carry his cross, no compromise. Now God has not changed his mind. Uh, Amen. Amen. Take your I wanna, you're, you're a blessing. Yeah, take your <laughs> lesson from the boys in the fire. They didn't bow, so we That's can't right. bow either. Thank you Man, very I much. I think you could preach for just a little bit. Thank you, Iona. I appreciate your call. I don't think it would take much. Thank you ever uh, so much. <laughs> did you know my mother was 96 when she died? And I think it was about the last four years of her life. Every time I called her or went to see her, she would make me lay hands on her and pray that she could die. Because she mm -hmm. said it was just getting so bad that uh, she just didn't want to be here anymore. My mother actually moved in a covered wagon when she was three years old. She remembers the first car, the first phone, the first plane, and she, she went from uh, moving in a covered wagon to seeing men walk on the moon in her so, lifetime. That's, that's quite a history for one life. You Something know, else. it's, I, I want to say, and I, I didn't interrupt there with Miss Iona from Texas, but what a blessing. And you know, Brother Andrew, it's been interesting to me. I've had several 90-year-old-plus people been reaching out to us and it intrigues me. And it's just like today. These are folks that they remember what America once was like. Yep. And they're seeing this. And, and I just want to thank her and, and the others that do reach out like this because it is an encouragement uh, to those of us that, that are facing and dealing with this. And I, I tell them, I said, we need you. We need your voice. Be Amen. praying, pouring into Amen. us. Amen. Well, we've got some more open lines here. If you would like to call, we've still got about 24 minutes left. 719-619-2341. And you can come on and ask questions of Senator Jason Rapert or myself. We've now got Lori, who is an AWM partner and also a Truth and Liberty partner, which is, again, a person that has an automatic withdrawal on a monthly basis of $5 or more. And Lori, you're in Nebraska. You're on uh, Truth and Liberty Live call-in program with us. Hi. Hello. 
awesome to listen to you gentlemen and your boldness and courage. It just encourages me to be more bold. And Andrew, your teaching on spirit, soul, and body changed my life years ago. And you're such a blessing. And and uh, I just wanted you to know that. Um, oh, that's a blessing. Watch, watch your program daily. I was uh, at Healing is Here 2016, and my friend and I, Lisa, had our picture taken with you, and I treasure that picture. Well, that's good. Thank you for your call, Lori. So do you have a question for us? Yes. Um, I was wondering what you um, both thought about, uh, you know, President Trump being indicted. And he said, you know, he said, they're coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just in their way. And yeah. so my question is about Daniel Penny, the Marine that is being indicted now. Um, and what you, what you what you gentlemen think about that? I'll probably let Jason address that more than myself because I, I I only have a little bit of understanding about that. But from what I understand, he did that as a defensive move to protect the other people. This guy was totally out of control. And of course, it's tragic that the guy died. So I'm not supporting that, but it wouldn't be murder. It would be manslaughter, uh, negligent homicide or something at the very worst. And uh, so I don't know exactly where they stand on all that. Uh, Jason, you got an opinion? Well, and I appreciate the caller uh, for calling in. I will say, first of all, that I, I do see the penny issue slightly different than the weaponization, I believe, of the federal government against political actors themselves. But but I will say that I know people, we've held meetings and I've had several conferences there on the edge of New York City and had meetings in New York City. The people of New York City are sick and tired too of watching them let these criminals get away with things. And people do have a right to safety and security in their, in their person. And I believe that that, that uh, Mr. Penny, was simply trying to defend people. He yep. had no intention of killing that guy. And look, uh, I, we could start naming some other instances here in the last few years, uh, you know, Brother Andrew, where police officers have taken action to stop somebody from the crime they were committing or get them under control, and they died in the yep. in the act of that. Uh, we've had we've had people have night national movements when somebody was high on drugs and they died as a result of, of basically overdosing themselves, but there was an action or an event. And so I believe that in this country, innocent people have a right to defend themselves. And I believe that Mr. Penny was acting to protect people who felt threatened at the time in that, in that subway. And I've ridden the New York subway several times and I've had people from New York tell me they will not ride the subway because of incidents that have happened there. But as for the weaponization of the federal government right now, uh, people do need to stay tuned in. Uh, I believe they're prosecuting President Trump for something they did not prosecute other people for. I think it's a two-tiered justice system, and I believe it's got to stop. Yeah. Again, I'm not real familiar with the uh, Daniel Penny situation, but I compare this to like if somebody broke into your home. And, you know, if you have a gun and if you're going to defend yourself, people say, well, why don't you just wound them instead of shoot them in the chest and wind up killing a person? Well, nobody wants to kill somebody, but when you're under duress and somebody's charging at you with a knife or trying to assault your family or something like that, 
uh, it's hard to think through those things. And from my understanding, I, I get the NRA magazine and, and the thing I love more than anything else, I always turn to the Armed Citizen page. And I read about all of the people who used a gun to defend themselves and their, uh, their family. And when a person breaks into your home and if you are under attack, you are justified in using deadly force to defend yourself. And so I, I think that this, from what I understand, Daniel Penny was protecting people. It may not have been his home, but he was protecting people on there from a deranged person and he used deadly force. And I think it's, it's sad. I don't think he intended it, but I do believe it's justified. I don't know that I would prosecute the guy. Well, I'm praying that justice prevails in that situation because obviously just exactly like you've explained it. I think about even some of the other instances in New York where they've prosecuted people that are simply defending their property or their stores. It's really, it's really too much. People have a right to protect themselves and to protect the lives of those around them. So we've got some open lines. Thank you, Lori, for your call. And we've got some open lines if people want to call at 719-619. Two, three, four, one. We still have 18 minutes left. And let me ask you, Jason, you were a uh, representative, and I, from my understanding, it's your responsibility as an elected official to enforce the law and uh, make laws and enforce them and things like this. And it seems to me like the border issue could be solved if they just enforced the laws that we already have. Why is it that the Democrats are so against enforcing the laws governing our southern border? That's because they use it as a political toy rather than actually protect the borders of the United States. Uh, the, the Democrat Party believes that if they let these people in, they will then co-opt them into voting for Democrats. And one of, the, one of the reasons that's lesser known and lesser discussed about why the Texas border is so important and why they seeming, seemingly just open the doors down there, it has to do with presidential politics, the Electoral College. You know, as you well know, the Electoral College is what really decides who the president of the United States is. You have popular votes that occur in each state. The person that wins the popular vote in the state gets the electoral votes in that state. Well, what's happening is that they, they do the math. If the Democrats were able to flip the state of Texas, it would be difficult for Republicans to elect a president again for the foreseeable future, given the, given the demographics of the nation. And here's something else you need to know. There is a movement that is called National Popular Vote and they are going to state legislatures and they're asking those legislators to pass laws that give them the ability to be part of a compact. And by the way, compacts are often used between the states. And the compact says that whoever wins the national popular vote, that the states would declare all their electors go for that particular candidate. They're doing this because there have been instances, obviously we've even had in our lifetime, where you have a Republican president elected, but he didn't win the full national popular vote total. That's because of California being such a large state and when they vote. And so that's why that they wanna do this. Do you know, Brother Andrew, they're only three states away from getting 
the number they need to ascribe to this mm -hmm. compact and kick it into force. Three and what I, what I understand is that that would make everything so that New York and California basically would elect everything, that all Absolutely. of the people in between would lose their voice because they don't have that many people. Absolutely. And, and as I recall, they're targeting the state of Maine, uh, the state of Michigan, and the state of Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. The last time I had a discussion in depth with this, with one of the experts that's going around trying to educate people. And I guarantee you, this is one, this may be the only program in America today that is talking about this particular issue. This is why it's important that we want you to get involved with Christian lawmakers, because we are trying to make sure to educate people on these important issues. The other thing that is for another show sometime, I've actually been invited to come and participate in a simulated Article 5 convention, Brother Andrew, that's being held in Williamsburg, Virginia, the 1st of August by the Convention of States. I know you're familiar with them. Mm -hmm. And Article 5 is a part of the United States Constitution, and it basically says there's two ways to pass an amendment to the Constitution. One is Congress vote to put an amendment out for ratification to the people. The other is that you get 34 states to actually call for a resolution calling a convention. Once you get 34 states, if 38 states ratify that, it's a new amendment to the United States Constitution. And our forefathers put that there as a safety valve. If you ever saw the federal government overreach its bounds, ignore the 10th Amendment, which they do every day. Okay, if you ever had that occur, it was giving the power of the states to say, whoa, we're going to reassert our authority as the states. Well, Brother Andrew, it's at the point where you have many states that have passed the Convention of States resolutions, and they're seeking the opportunity to speak on these issues. This Amen. is a really touchy subject. It gets really, really <laughs> controversial with people. But you have to understand the left is working, and they're doing their best to upend everything that we know in this country. We need churches. We need pastors to engage as never well, before. Well, we're going to win. I believe that. Let's go to Jennifer. She's in New Jersey. And Jennifer, you're on Truth and Liberty Live call-in. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call and for your yes. patience as I kind of ramble through this question. Um, when dealing with a loved one who is saved, who uh, tends to have addiction issues, let's say, whether it be smoking or drinking or drugs, does that open a believer's mind to demonic activity or is the way they are while they're under the influence a direct result of the chemicals or whatever they're putting in their body? And how do you deal with that? in reacting when they are attacking you? Not physically, but just mentally, I guess. Well, Jennifer, I can't quote you a scripture on this, but it's my opinion. Opinions are like noses, and everybody's got one, usually has a couple of holes in it. But my opinion is that anytime you lose consciousness through drugs, through alcohol, something like that, that your mind is like a filter and anytime you lose consciousness like that, you open yourself up to demonic activity. Now, you could sit here and discuss about to what degree it is and stuff like that, but I believe that drugs is just like injecting demons into your body. That's the way that I would say it. I know that's not politically correct. I would be castigated 
by many people for saying that, but I tell you, I wouldn't take drugs. And I'm not only talking about illegal drugs. There's a lot of prescription drugs that people get hooked on. And anything that you become addicted to like that, I, I believe it's demonic. Jason? Yeah. Well, Brother Andrew, and, and I appreciate the question, and I, I appreciate the heart of the question, because obviously you've dealt with something like this. And uh, addiction to drug and out, drugs and alcohol is a true problem in this nation. It is a crisis. The number one killer of people between 18 and 45 years of age in our country right now is overdose of drugs. And fentanyl is the number one cause of that. I've been yeah. involved in legislation to help save people's lives through utilizing naloxone and some of the antidotes. So ma'am, it so happens before I got into politics that I led teams into West Africa, Ghana, West Africa. I have seen uh, what you have, have read and heard about and seen in some footage of true demonic activity. I've seen that there, and I also have seen it here in the United States of America. But what happens in the United States of America is many people that need deliverance through the power of the Holy Ghost, they're medicated into being zombies and yeah. never get the deliverance that they need. And so what I would tell you as you're dealing with this, I have the highest success rate of rehabilitation programs in this nation are Christian-based programs. Absolutely. They have the lowest recidivism rates. <laughs> a, a form, my former farm here in Arkansas is now called Renewal Ranch. We sold part of that property and donated part of that property to an organization that works with men addicted to drugs and alcohol. And they have tremendous success, but even in that, some people are so uh, ensnared and in bondage, they, they can hardly get out. What I would encourage you to do is to daily take authority and speak to that situation through the power of the Holy Spirit. Speak into the life of that person. The Holy Spirit right now knows the person that you're thinking of, and you can speak into their life through the power of the Holy Ghost to hopefully get them free because what they need is deliverance. And Jennifer, I've actually ministered to people that were high on drugs. I mean, they were totally out of it. And I've cast demons out of them and those people instantly, I mean, just become totally lucid. And so I believe it is a spiritual problem, but it's not only a spiritual problem. There's also physical things, like if you drink and do stuff like that, you can get cirrhosis of the liver. So it's not all one or the other. I think that it is at its root, a demonic problem, but there's also the physical things. And so sometimes you have to attack on both of those fronts and not just deal with one thing. Does that help, Jennifer? It has, and if you can um, clarify. So I, I, when this happens, I speak to the person of their identity in Christ and don't, I kind of ignore, I, I assume that it's demonic activity because it is not this person at all. So I just speak life into them. Should I do that or just ignore it? Well, it, it depends on their spiritual condition. Are they born again? Yes. Okay, if they're born again, uh, then they need to resist. You know, even the man in the Bible who was legion, and he had a legion of demons, which we don't know exactly, but a legion, Roman legion was 6,000 people. And uh, so he had multiple demons in him, and he was so demon-possessed he could break chains, he wouldn't wear clothes and things like this, and yet he ran and threw himself at the feet of Jesus. So one of the mistakes that people make is they think this person is demon-possessed and they have no control, and so they take the responsibility for freedom totally upon themselves. But again, that man, Legion, 
HE RAN AND FELL AT THE FEET OF JESUS. HE COULDN'T GET FREE, BUT HE COULD CALL OUT TO JESUS FOR HELP. SO YOU NEED TO HAVE THAT PERSON START RESISTING. AND IF THEY ARE BORN AGAIN, BUT IF THEY DON'T HAVE THE BAPTISM OF THE HOLY SPIRIT AND SPEAK IN TONGUES, BOY, YOU NEED TO GET THEM FILLED WITH THE HOLY SPIRIT. THAT'LL GET THE DEVIL OUT OF THEM. AND, and ANYWAY, it's, IT'S A COMPLICATED THING, BUT I WOULD REALLY TRY AND GET THAT PERSON INTO THE WORD. I'VE SEEN LOTS OF PEOPLE DELIVERED FROM DEMONS JUST THROUGH STUDYING THE WORD. IT'S NOT ALWAYS A PERSON HAVING TO CAST THEM OUT. Mm -hmm. SO THANK YOU, JENNIFER. APPRECIATE IT. AND GLADYS, I WILL GO TO YOU. YOU'RE FROM GEORGIA. YOU'RE A PARTNER WITH ME IN OUR MINISTRY AND ALSO TRUTH AND LIBERTY PARTNER. WE REALLY APPRECIATE IT. I THINK YOU MAY BE OUR LAST ONE TODAY. WHAT DO YOU HAVE TO SAY, GLADYS? THANK YOU, BROTHER ANDREW, FOR TAKING MY CALL. AND WELCOME BACK INTO THE UNITED STATES. <laughs> YEAH, I'M GLAD TO BE BACK. HELLO, Hello SENATOR. HELLO, MA'AM. SO, uh, SAME THING THAT uh, DONALD TRUMP IS BEING ACCUSED OF RIGHT NOW. EVEN uh, BIDEN HAS DONE THE SAME THING. SO HOW ARE WE, LIKE CHRISTIANS, HOW SHOULD WE SUPPORT DONALD TRUMP AT THIS POINT? WERE YOU LISTENING TO THE FIRST PART OF OUR PROGRAM TODAY? BECAUSE WE SPENT ABOUT 30 MINUTES TALKING ABOUT THAT. YES. SO WE TALKED ABOUT A LOT OF IT, BUT THE ONE THING WE DIDN'T SAY WAS THAT uh, MIKE PENCE, I BELIEVE, ALSO WAS INVESTIGATED. HE HAD CLASSIFIED DOCUMENTS. Jo uh, JOE BIDEN, uh, HE HAD HIS GARAGE RAIDED. AND I MEAN, THEY WEREN'T EVEN IN A SAFE THE WAY THAT THEY WERE WITH TRUMP. THEY WERE JUST LOOSE IN HIS GARAGE. So. Uh, Senator, uh, put this into perspective. There's a lot of people that if if it was really just for them to go after Trump, well, then if the law was going to be applied across the board, it seems like they ought to go after a bunch of people. I absolutely think that that's correct, and and it is really a, an embarrassment and a shame that Hillary Clinton is not a part of the current conversation because yeah. she absolutely violated protocols with with national secrets, that she was absolutely putting the nation at risk the way that she had taken all of that and put it on her own personal servers. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, there's a two-tiered justice system that you're seeing play out. And it's threatening to the, the actual integrity of the United States. Brother Andrew, I have on some of my programs walked through the 45 communist goals meant to take over yeah. America. One of the fundamental pieces that's pointed out, and this is stuff that was written in the 60s, one of those goals was to discredit the FBI. They've done it. Yeah. I could go through the whole lit. We don't have time today. But the point is, is that what we're witnessing is one of the key things that was needed to defeat the United States of America. And that was to make people fail to have confidence and belief in the integrity of the system. And we see it not only with what's going on with Donald Trump, but I made reference to the January 6th issues. I mean, look, the Antifa rioters destroyed billions of dollars of property. People were killed. You don't see them being marched out and put through yeah. these, these things by the federal government. It is a travesty. Yeah. In, in many of our states, we saw our capitals where they would go and deface the capitals. They did it here in Arkansas. They're not holding them accountable the same way. And you ask what people should do. We need you to pray in the Holy Spirit for this nation, but we need you to act. 
we need you to exercise the authority you have to vote and engage. I could sit down, Brother Andrew, with people. Most, most communities in this nation, if you had one motivated church with any number of people at all, they could walk in and join the Republican Party and in six months take over the local county party operation yeah. and yeah. start running the show. And so we need people to understand you got to pray, you got to vote, but you got to get active. And that's what we encourage you to do at the NACA. Amen. Well, we only have three minutes left. So, Marsha from Texas, you're on with us. We're going to have to get a quick question and a quick answer. What do you have to say? We need you to pray in the Holy Spirit. All right, Marsha, are you there? I am. All right. Now I can hear you. What's your question? Oh, am I talking to Andrew? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I guess I've got two two things going on here. I'm All right. So sorry, uh, Andrew. It's a privilege to talk to you. I actually use your TV Bible studies as sit down Bible studies with the Word and and go through them word by word, verse by verse. But I oh, want to ask. I've got several questions. I can only cover one, I'm sure. And so I'm going to ask one about the American flag. Uh, there are federal properties here where I am who are flying other flags that are not the American flag or the state flag. They're flying the American flag with a, well, I'll just give you one example, Black Lives Matter flag underneath it. And wow. I almost got hauled off to jail one night over a deal about it. And after we finish, if we have time, I can tell you what happened. But uh, I want to know whether that's legal. Can they fly other flags that are not your American or state flag? on the same flagpole and on federal property, no less. What do you say, Jason? Well, I, I, th what you're seeing is the Biden administration having rules for them and then rules for the rest of us. So when Donald Trump was an office man, he actually did uh, issue, I believe it was an executive order, but there were orders issued about flying official flags of the United States. Uh, I've had people complain uh, overseas in countries where they do not support abortion and do not support homosexuality, the United States government, just by spite, will fly the LGBTQ flag at those embassies. You've seen pictures of that. It's flying at, at, at places in the United States Capitol. They flew it at the White House the other day. I think it is wrong, ma'am. I think you should speak up to your U.S. congressmen and U.S. senators and complain about it. Is it legal, though? Again, if the administration is issuing the order to say it's okay, that's how they're getting away with it. Okay. And so what's happened is you're seeing a difference between the Trump administration's handling of it and the current administration. Yeah. Well, we're out of time. Marcia, thank you for your call, and thank everybody for being a part of this. And Jason, thank you for making this your 12th program today. Actually, if you include all three 30-minute segments, this would be your 14th program that's today. Right. You're a blessing, brother. Thank you for everything you're doing. I'm speaking for all of our viewers. Man, we just praise God for people like you standing up and put your life on the line and, and uh, praise God. So anyway, we do this every day from 3 o'clock until 3.30 until 5 o'clock Mountain Time, our Truth and Liberty Live call-in program. Thank you for joining us today. You can go to my uh, helpline, 719-635-1111. We're open 24-7, and we'll help you any way we can. God bless you. See you tomorrow.
Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.